Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Grab yourself a seat, grab yourself coffee, grab yourself a... How many single people we have in here today? Grab yourself a wife or a husband. Not all of them. Kaya, do you want to get married? Do you want to get married? Yeah, see? She's not too young. Oh, I see all the men are too young. Oh, okay. Linda wants us to be praying for men in her, like, single, single seven, single men that are... What? No. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> if we have any single men that are in their seventies, that are self self made millionaires, ixnay on the end, man. That's awesome. Ah. Uh, All right. <laughs> that was all live. That was all live. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so if there's any men in their 70s watching. <laughs> there's a lovely lady here that is looking for a husband. <laughs> Well, well, welcome everybody who's just joining us for the first time. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit is not a respecter of persons. He just, he just wants everybody to be happy. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start this morning. I want to uh, talk about family this morning. And uh, that's a great introduction right there. Um. How many, how many of us know that when we are raised with a certain perspective that sometimes it takes a lot for us to realize that that perspective may be wrong? Okay. I liken it to like, do you remember when flat screen TVs first came out and everybody was, they were all the rage and they were like this thick, but they were big and they were like, they were flat. But you had to be you had to be right in front of it to watch. If, if you were like this, everything got distorted. Until you're one in the family that that was your spot, and when you're watching, that's all you could see. And then you started to develop an understanding of actually what was going on on the screen from that perspective. Until it happened when maybe you were by yourself or... or and you decided to sit right in front of the TV and you watch something and you're like, oh my gosh, my, like, this is amazing. I think what I want to talk about today is, is going to be this. It's like the Lord wants us to shift our perspective so that we're actually looking straight on and that everything is clear. 
And see, now the TVs today that you can actually, the TV could be here and you could be like this, almost, you know, at a, I don't know what degree that is, but they've developed them now that you can actually see everything that is going on from that perspective. And it's super clear. I love technology. And, and this is what I really believe the, the Lord is wanting to do with us today, that it doesn't matter where we stand, our perception is still going to be clear. But he wants us to have a clearer perception of what is going on, what he's doing today. So I'm, still, I'm getting a bit of a ring. So you guys, do you guys know that? Sounds better. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 19. So then you are... Oh, hold on. Anytime we restart with the words that indicate that there's something going on earlier, what do we do? We have to go back. Let's go back a couple of verses. So verse 18, for through... Nope. Let's go back again. Verse 17, he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to one spirit, to the Father. Then verse 19, so then you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the holy ones and members of the household of God. So what, is we, what are we saying? I want to talk about family this morning. And I want to I wanna declare, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past, I want to say that the church is a family. It's not a business. So I'm going to say that again. The church is a family. It's not a business. And I think we all agree with that. We all... Um, we all have, you know, when I say that, it resonates in our hearts. But I think oftentimes we don't take that statement and we, run, we don't run with it to its, to its logical conclusion. Because we all have a different perspective of what church is. And we all have a different perspective of what family is. And oftentimes what the, the two don't meet. See, when I say the church is a family and not a business, it requires something of me, me personally. And you can say to yourself, if I say the church is a family, there's a requirement on me, on you. And, that re- and, it, and it, it's always been God's plan. That requirement has always been there. But we've actually made church more of a business, more of a corporate setting, more of a, of a, a consumer place than we realize. And it's not until we understand what family looks like and how family runs and how it ties into the kingdom and how it ties into the church, then we realize that, wow, I think a lot of our practices are more business-like than they are family-like. Even, even today in House of Hope, I'm, and I'm speaking to us not, not like... The church out there is a business and we're a family. But I'm speaking to us here today as House of Hope, as the family of House of Hope, as this house saying that there's aspects of House of Hope that we are actually still a, a business and not a family. And, and, it's, and so I, I want to be clear. I love the church. 
I lo- I've always loved the church. I am called to the church. It's when, like when we talk about the seven mountains of influence, the church is my, my mountain. It's, it's, it's I love. I've always loved the, the church. And so it's, 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 this, it's passionate for me to see the church become what God wants it to become and it, to continue to be what it is. It's, it's just something that's in me. You see, God desires... Um, God desires the, the, the earth to be filled with what? His glory. That's right. That's, that's God's desire, is that he be filled, the earth would be filled with his glory. And so he's going to fill the earth with his glory through family. It's always been that way. It's always, it's been right from the beginning. He's redeeming the earth to himself. He's, it's, it's, it's about family. He's redeeming family to himself. He's, he's not, he didn't send his son to die on a cross um, to redeem employees. Like, he, you know, like he, it's like we're not called to be employees. He's called us, he's called us to be sons and daughters. And he's going to redeem the earth through sons and daughters. You know, I love the analogy of soldiers and, you know, like the whole Eli, um, the Ezekiel, like, you know, like dry bones and an army rises up and we're like militant and, and stuff. But he hasn't called, he didn't send Jesus to die on a cross for soldiers. He did it for sons and daughters. He did it for family. And so that's got to be the basis of what we're, what, we're, what we're moving into. So then you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. So Paul always, like when Paul is talking in, 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 in his letters, he's always making mention of family. Even when he's talking in corporate settings, that when he's talking about leadership structures and, and church government, he's still re- bringing it back to what family is and what family looks like and that, excuse me, that connection of family. So he's not looking, God's not looking for employees. He's not looking for soldiers. He's not looking for, for corporate heads, but he's looking for sons and daughters. And that's who we are. That's who we're called to be. So we're called to be a family that represents him to a world that doesn't know him. And if we don't understand who we are and our, our identity as sons and daughters, then it's really hard for us to portray his, his, his true heart to a world that is actually longing for family, a world that is longing for connection. Oftentimes we present the kingdom as, a, as an MLM. Do you guys know what an MLM is? Multi-level marketing, you know, it's... You know, oftentimes, like Amway used to be big in the 80s. My parents got sucked in. Um, and, you know, like, and you, you meet people and, and you talk to them. And this happened to Deanna and I a few months back. And um, we had somebody that we, we barely knew, we just like, more of an acquaintance. And they took an interest in us. Hey, how are you guys doing? And I hear you guys are pastoring a church. And how are you doing? And everything is good. And... And we're like, yeah, it's really good. And wow, this is, feels really good that they're taking some time. And, you know, we hardly know them, but they're asking really cool questions. And we're starting to feel connected. And, hey, we're doing this business. And we'd like to know if you'd like to just to come in. We'd like to talk to you. But I'm like, oh, heck no. I've just been sucked into a sales pitch. And how many of us have happened, that's happened to, and it's like, you don't really want to know me. You just... You, you want, I want to be somebody on your multi-level marketing scheme, right? And I'm not against that. There's business, whatever. But I just don't like the feel 
of being used. And I think a lot of times we treat people that we come into contact with like, like it's a notch in our belt. Hey, you know, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus because I have to, and I'm going to get a notch in my Bible, right? It's not that. It's, it's never been Jesus' intention for us to be someone who just goes and does something because we have to. His intention is, as sons and daughters, we do things because we reflect who he is as our dad. We copy what we observe, right? I remember when I was little, I was quite little, but I remember this. Um, I always loved to take things apart. had a hard time putting them back together again, but I loved taking things apart. And I was on the farm, and uh, I found a, a lock mechanism from a car trunk, right? And I was taking it apart, and it was, it was a piece of junk, so my, my parents didn't care. And I had it, I, was, I remember sitting outside on, on the doorstep of the house, and um, my mom and dad were there, and, and I think my aunt, and they were sitting in lawn chairs, whatever, just painting the picture. And, and I was, I had a screwdriver, and I was, I was working. I was probably six or seven years old. And I was grunting as I'm fixing this thing. <clears throat> and my dad says to me, he goes, Jeff, stop grunting. I'm like, I'm not grunting. What do you mean grunting? And so I'd be... <clears throat> so you hear this little seven-year-old... <clears throat> and, and my dad's getting mad. He goes, you're driving me insane. What? Stop grunting. And I'm like, okay. <clears throat> and then I remember my mom just cracking up. And she says, Herb. Was my, my dad's name was Herb. Which would be good because if she called him something else, it would be awkward. But she says, Herb, you do the same thing when you're working on something. And he gets all indignant. I do not. And she's like... And I just, re- I just realized that as I was putting this together, I just remembered that story. It's like what, it, it just becomes natural. We will do what is modeled to us as, as parents. As, as parents, the, the, your biggest thing, I don't know if, you, if your kids are old enough, you realize some of your, your um, what's the word? Some of the things that you do that are quirky, yeah, that your kids do, well, they picked it up from you, Right? And so, so many of us are confused or tripped up. What was that? I'm sorry. Did I speaking too long? Speaking too loud? So many of us are confused or tripped up because of what we see and what is modeled, and it doesn't line up to what we desire to be true. So we see some things that are going on in church. We see something that are going on in family, and we're told one thing, but what is actually modeled is, is opposite or not, doesn't line up for that. And that's why when we get some sort of truth, when we get some sort of a momentum going, when, when truth is presented and we actually corporately go, I am the change for this, things start to happen. And that's when change happens in our life. When we take personal responsibility for something in our lives, we change, right? So we need to change our perspective on how we see church. We need to change our perspective on how we see family and actually come more into alignment with what the the Lord is saying for us, even as House of Hope. So how I see something determines how I'm going to interact with it and engage with it 
Um, and it's the same thing with like that TV example that I gave you earlier. I'm going to, I'm not going to, if I'm watching TV from a, a, an angle on an old screen and I'm only catching about 50% of what is actually going on, that's going to change my perception of that movie or that TV show. I'm like, yeah, you know, it was okay. What do you mean it was okay? That was awesome. You've never seen Star Wars before? Like, oh, well, yeah, you know, it was okay. Until you've actually watched it, sorry. Getting back into the Follow me, man. So how many, how many here love good customer service? Right. I do too. I, to the point where my kids get embarrassed because, what's that? Well, Zach does. Yeah, Andrew could care less. I love customer service. When I go into a restaurant, I expect to have great customer service. I expect that my meal that is presented to me is going to look good, it is going to taste good, and it's going to be what I am paying good money for. Do I, can I get, is, am I right? Okay. If I go into a restaurant and nobody is there to greet me, and I'm waiting around, and the place is not really busy, but, you know, and I'm waiting, and I wait, I wait. I'm going, hmm, this is the first notch. This is coming off their tip. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you think, think about it, though. You're, you're just, your experience is becoming dulled because of this, right? So you, then you get seated, and if it's a place like, I don't know, what's a nice place to, like, let's just, let's, let's say Frank's in town here. You sit down, they seat you, they kind of, they grunt at you. Now, this never happened at Frank's, so I'm not, I'm just, well, just if anybody's watching, I'm just using this as an, an example. But they grunt at you, they point, and they, you sit down, and then they ignore you for another 10 minutes. They don't bring water, they don't bring, what's going to happen? You're getting a really bad experience. Right? And then you ask, you order, you order something, and you say, please, I, I, I dislike cooked cauliflower, myself, personally. It just, anyway, it doesn't matter. So I ask, I said, the vegetables on the side, like I'm going to have a schnitzel, what are the vegetables, what are your side vegetables? Oh, we have broccoli, we have carrots and cauliflower. I said, that sounds great, please do not put any cauliflower on my plate. Oh, okay, that's fine. So you get your meal and look, and there's a big old pile of only cauliflower. Well, okay, you shut up back there. Brian, can you escort this person out, please? Security! So you're going to, you know, you know where I'm going with this, right? Are you going to want to go back to that establishment? Now, I, I have, I do, honestly, I have some grace. I, I give restaurants second, third chances. I've been to restaurants in town where they consistently get my order. Either it, it, actually, there's one place, and I'm not going to say where. Some of you know what it is. But I'll get the order, and the food is consistently cold. Like, I'm not talking about just, like, cold. You stick a knife in it, and it comes out, and there's ice dripping off of it. Like, seriously, it was cold. And so you send it back, and it comes back cold again. Like, it's just, like, to me, there's no reason for this. There's just absolutely, it's just, 
And so I like good customer service. I like going into a place where you walk in and you're treated like, oh, hello, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And you sit down and they said, we'll have some water. We'll have some breadsticks for you. Is there anything you'd like quickly before we come back? Oh, no, this is great. Thank you very much. Great. And you order and you get your meal. And it's, you know, I look at a meal and I'm going, why am I paying for good money for something that I could do better at home? That's my, my thing. So there's just a few restaurants in town here that actually we go to because actually can, they, they do amazing, right? So that's a restaurant. How many of us treat church in that same math matter, math, same manner? Thank you. How many of us come in and, and, and we treat our family, what we say is our family, in the same way we would treat bad customer service at, at a restaurant? Ooh, ouch. Hey, Jake, turn the baby off. So what would, happen, what would happen at home if I walked into my house and I got offended because when I walk in the door, there's nobody there to greet me? When I walk into my home and, and I walk in and I'm like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and there's nobody there, and I, and I go, fine, I guess I'm just going to have to walk in and I'm going to have to seat myself at the table. <laughs> While I seat myself, hello. Where's my water? Breadsticks, anybody? Hello? And then for supper, I get served a big old plate of cauliflower. I'm sending that back. I, think about it. Just think about it. Like, how would that go in our homes, in our families, if we treated each other like servers or employees? Now, sometimes I feel like I'm a restaurant and I have to make different meals, and that's, you know, <laughs> right, Maddie? Last night, I'm gonna, I'm, last night, I made butter chicken and rice. It looked amazing. It tasted amazing. So I made up a big plate, and I took it into Maddie's bedroom, and she's like, what is that? And I'm like, it's butter chicken. She's like, no! And she's like, she's making this huge face. Get it out. And she's screaming at me, get it out of my room. She doesn't want her room to smell like good curry. Get it out of my room. Get it out of my room. <laughs> and I just did it because I knew she didn't like it. But See, this is, this is my point. My point is, is that oftentimes we will come into a place that is family and treat it like it's, it's, it's a corporation. We walk into a place and we say, here are my needs. You better meet them or I'm going to be offended. Here are my needs that I have that you have to, that if you don't meet the criteria that I have, because, and I have personally, I have criteria that I like to see met when I go into restaurants. But, oh my gosh, if I walk into another church and I have a list of things that they have to do to me, there's something wrong. And I think that's the perspective that we all need to change because we've grown up with that. We've had that perspective of church because we viewed church as a business and as a corporation, as a restaurant. We have this consumer mentality of, of what the church can give to me instead of here I am, we're family, and we, we do things together. I love the concept of, of 
Or what, sorry, I'm going to back up. One of my favorite things that we do as House of Hope is our Christmas dinners. Like for years, we've. It's like everybody pitches in, right? We have a list. Okay, this is who can bring what, and and everybody knows what they're going to do, and they're going to cook turkeys, and they're going to make gravy and potatoes, and the kitchen is a hub. Everybody knows their job. Everybody has has something to do, and I don't think there's anybody there's that sits off in the corner and co- and crosses their arms and go. <laughs> Well, they didn't invite me to peel potatoes. Well, they didn't ask me to make anything. Everybody comes together as a family to produce an amazing meal. And then we partake together and we're connected and it's, it's fun, right? This last Christmas at home um, was probably, because the kids are older, was the most easy Christmas dinner that we've had, and we had, I forget how many people, 13 people in our house for di- Christmas dinner, and everybody had a thing to do. And so we're preparing, the, you know, I mean, Zach and Maddie are peeling, and I can't remember, I think it was Zach was peeling potatoes, Did you? What, I don't remember, Zach or Andrew did Brussels sprouts, we're all doing, we all had a job. And nobody was like, I don't, why do I have to do this? How come, how come I can't get to do this? It's just, we have a job. And as family, there's times that we all have jobs to do. I never once, like as I'm cooking, think, man, someday I'm looking forward that I don't have to do this. And I can just sit on the couch and watch Deanne do everything. You, you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ashley. It's, I'm praying for you. Yeah, there is deliverance. You need to get saved. Have you met Jesus? We, you know, we come together at a holiday and we do things together. We all have a job to do. And I don't feel like, you know, if, if Deanne asked me to peel potatoes, I don't say to her, oh, I'm sorry. I don't feel called to that. You know, I'm really not passionate about peeling potatoes. I would really much, I would much rather, um, I, I, I don't know what I would rather do, but potatoes, yeah, I'm not called to do that. I don't have a passion for that area. No, we just do it. As family, we come together and we do things. We just do it because... Because I am passionate about family. If Deanne asked me to do something for Christmas dinner, I'd do it because it's just going to be awesome, right? And we do it all together. Because I'm not passionate, I don't necessarily, personally, I'm not passionate about potatoes, but what I am passionate about is family. And I'm passionate about this family, and I'm passionate about who we are, and I'm passionate about seeing everybody enter into that and have this connection and have this understanding that it's not about what we're, what we're all passionate about, but we're passionate about each other. You know, in family, in healthy families, there's no leadership ladders either. Like, yeah, you have your dad and your mom, and they're the dad and the mom, and you have your kids. But parents of young children, you will see that by the time your kids hit 13 or 14, they will have an opinion. 
and they will call you out. And it doesn't matter if you're the dad or the mom, they will call you out on your stuff. Just as much as you call them out on their stuff. Because that's what families do. Families are in each other's business all the time. How many of us have seen that? How many gets really upset when you get into a family reunion or a family setting and, and all of a sudden you, your, your stuff is called out? And you're like, how dare you call me out that? No, you joke about it and you go, yeah. As I've become more secure in myself and, and Andrew or Zach called me, Dad, you said you do this. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's kind of funny. I'm sorry. But, you know, I either change or just blow it off and say that's just who I am. But I'm not offended, right? Because family is a place where we grow. Family, it's, it's God's design that the most growth as Christian people happen within the context of family. You can't grow in a restaurant or in a hotel. You're not there, you know, a, a server is not going to come up to you and say, oh, excuse me, Mr. Crozier, but you smell. You know. Uh, Excuse, uh, Mr. Crozier, I'm sorry, I, 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 it has been brought to my attention from the kitchen that you didn't eat your cauliflower. Um, we're going to have to charge you extra for that because it costs the kitchen money, right? That just doesn't happen. But in a family, you know, you have your daughter come to you and say, Dad, you need some deodorant. Oh, good, thank you. you know? It's like, Deanne, she doesn't make me cauliflower because I don't like it. You know, or peas. No. Peace. You know, I just, there's, there's some vegetables that just, anyway, I have a list. I like eggplant. But do you see where I'm going with this? In family, God, God has created family for us to mature. And that's, let's uh, look at Ephesians chapter 4. See, Paul constantly talks about family, and I said this before, he talks about, when he talks about the church, it's, it's always family-based. Family language is what he's used when he talks about the five-fold ministry. And we all talked to, we've, you know, I've, I've, I've taught about five-fold in, the, in the, the different offices and stuff in the past, but it's all done in the context of family. So let's, let's read um, Ephesians 4.11. It says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And the ministry is basically the normal Christian life. He's given us, the, you know, the, the normal Christian life is all these things. To the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Excuse me. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness in the deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Grow up, Paul says. We are to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head, which is Christ. See, Paul's talking about family. We need to grow up. We need to be maturing. We need to, but we can't do that in a consumer, in a consumer atmosphere. We can't do that to say, to say to the church leadership, um, this is my need. What program have you developed so I can actually walk in and have my needs met? That's, that's, a, that's a restaurant where you walk in and you see a menu and you go, I want that, I want that, I want that. 
I don't know of very many people who walk into a restaurant and leave because, because they're not getting their needs met. They go there once, they test it out, and if they don't like it, then they don't come back. I think only I should, I'm going to backtrack, only once have Deanne and I walked into a restaurant and then left. And that was because when we looked at the menu, it was way too much money for what we had. <laughs> and we had no idea. We're like, we got water, we sat down, and we're like, we're famished. And we opened it up and we're like, oh, no. <laughs> but see, Paul wants us to be in families because it's families that actually call each other to mature. Families call each other to grow. If Andrew, when he was 10, stopped growing, would... No, you didn't. You were older. When he's 10 years old, if he had stopped developing and maturing, and, and would there be a concern? Would I be as a father and as Deanna's a mother? And we'd be actually looking, talking to doctors, saying that there's something wrong. Our son, there's something wrong. And so the same thing needs to happen, and Paul is talking about that as if you get to the point where you're not maturing, if you don't see change in your life, then there's something wrong, and we need to be calling each other on our stuff and saying, wow, hey, hey, Dan, you know, six months, I haven't really seen you change into thing more like Jesus. What's going on? I'm mad, I'm bitter, I'm whatever. I'm like, well, let's work on that. Let's, Let's do it together. I remember, you know, working with the kids learning and and as a dad i'm constantly you know even now i'm i'm calling them into into more maturity i'm giving them help i'm i'm saying okay well do you think that that how's this going to work out for you and it's it's as my like andrew is what how old are you now 22 he's going to be 23 soon yeah he's getting and you know but when he was younger he would say i have a problem in this area not so many words but it would be like okay i want to help you I want to help you mature. I want to, so because the goal of every parent is to see their kids become what? Become healthy, well-adjusted adults who become sons and mothers, or sons, sorry, sons and daughters who become fathers and mothers, who then have sons and daughters, who then have become fathers and mothers, right? Generation upon generation upon generation. That's healthy family. My desire is for my kids to deal with their stuff. And so I think if, if, if we can have one aspect of, of, of a marker of maturity in our house is that of taking, that, uh, taking personal responsibility. That is going to be a number one marker. It's for me as a dad, I, I look at my kids and I go, are they taking personal responsibility for this issue? And when they're young, no, they... They, 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 it's his fault. I mean, Andrew and Zach would be fighting as kids. And I go, Zach, what's the problem? Andrew did this, and he did this, and I got mad, and he did this, and he did this. And then I'd say, Andrew, what's the problem? Wow, Zach did this, and he did this. And, and I stop, and I, and I say, okay, I want you to start the sentence with I. I, Zach, did this, and I, and Zach. <laughs> you're, you're, you're missing the point. But when they realized that they had a, a turn, they had, they had a degree of responsibility in this, there was almost like a day where the light went on and the switch was turned and they started to take personal responsibility for their actions. And it was a glorious day because I realized that I had actually done what I was called to do. 
when my kids start, Maddie had something going on in school a few weeks ago, and, and, um, and she's telling me this story, and I'm not going to go into it because it's not my story to tell. Safe to say that it was like some stuff going on, and I was like getting big eyes. I was like, oh, and I was trying to keep like a sozo face, like, okay, don't flinch, don't flinch. And then she says, but it's okay, Dad, I took care of it. And I was like, okay, that's good. How did you take care of it? Oh, sorry. Wouldn't be the way that I would have taken care of it. However, she took personal responsibility for her problems, and she dealt with the issue. And I thought, that's great. So for us as a family, for us to mature, we want to move from children to teenagers, to adults, to be healthy, who take personal responsibility, who meet the needs, who, who come in together as a family and say, it's not so much what I need from you, it's what I can give to you. It's, it's coming to the point where when we actually, and this is like some of the nitty-gritty, we need help and we don't have a nursery, but we have for the kids, you know, for, um, you know, Danica's developing Sunday school. We're changing the name, by the way, but Sunday school is the only thing that's on my mind right now. You know, when we say, hey, we need, we need some help. Well, I'm not called to that. Well, you know what? That doesn't work. Because we're a family, and everybody can do something once. We have roughly 60 people here. If every one of us took one Sunday and just helped one Sunday, done. It's the same thing. I don't feel called to peeling potatoes. I don't have a passion for potatoes. I don't, have a, I don't feel called to kids. I don't, feel, I don't have a passion. Let's suck it up. It's like Paul says, grow up. And, and, and that's hard. And, and I'm not trying to manipulate, but it's coming. We, we have to change our perspective from that corporate mindset to a family mindset. If something needs to be done, it just gets done. Right? Silence now. Not, not a lot of nodding of their heads. <laughs> I think so many people have stunted growth because they don't approach church as family. And it's not because of rebellion. It's not because they don't want to. It's simply because that's what been, has been modeled. And it's, you know, we've been, we, we've been, we, it's okay, it's 10 to 12, I'm almost done. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> She's in the kitchen. Um, I, 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 don't real, I don't think we just realize that we're doing it. Because for most of our lives in a church concept, it's been... Oh, I like the worship. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like the pastor didn't talk to me this Sunday, so I don't know. He doesn't have a really good heart. I'm not going to come back. Right? Or I really like this until something happens and it's like, nah. You know, it's like I don't think my kids ever tr- once said, well, you know, I really wish I had a different dad. Maybe they did. I know I did because my dad was brutal at times. I wish I, I just, I wish I was put into a different family. Right, But then God shows you what a different family may look like. And you're really happy with the family that you got. See, a family thinks in, in mature terms. Okay, I just skipped a whole bunch of my notes. Like I said, a mark of maturity is personal responsibility. When my kids brought home or bring home guests, how weird would it be if they say Maddie brought home a, a, a friend for supper? Uh, boy or girl, doesn't matter. I don't care. 
She brings home a guest, and all of a sudden, I take over that guest in the sense of I don't allow Maddie to talk to that person. I meet all of their needs. Or Maddie expects me to entertain her friend or Deanne. How does that work? Like you, you bring somebody in, like Aunt, she brings home, sits down, and then it's left up to me to entertain. Does that work? That's what happens if we don't have personal responsibility in, in what we do. It's weird. It just becomes weird. Now, sometimes because Deanne and I are so open and we're like, we just, we love people, uh, Maddie says to us, hey, this is my friend. Like, stop asking all the stupid questions. Okay, just feed them. (laughs) So we need to shift our perspective on what healthy family is and how we build together. We need to understand that we all have needs, yes, but we all have a capacity to meet needs individually together individually we have those needs but we need to re- we need to become connected as a family and have the freedom to meet those needs how many of us always went to our parents when something was up always we never went to our brothers and sisters so my point is oftentimes like i would have a problem growing up and my parents were busy, I would talk to my sister. Like, what do you think about this? Or this, he said this, or she said whatever. My point is we need each other. It's not me or it's not um, Roger and Rayanne or, or um, Brian and Kathleen as leaders, as, as a senior leadership team who are going to meet your needs. It's going to be all of us working together. Because I said, there's no, there's no hierarchy in family. There's no leadership ladder where you're attaining. Like, Andrew is not bucking for my job as a dad. He's like, oh, someday I'm going to be the head of this household, and I'm going to do things different. The only way I can get his job is to kill him. (laughs) And then I will marry my mother, and we will... Yeah, it sounds... Yeah, seriously, right? A little bit dysfunct, a little bit gross, Right? But that's what, that's what we do in the church. That's what we, you know, it's like, oh, I could, and I've had people come to me at House of Hope and say, I could lead this church way better than you. I want your job. And I was like, oh, that is so funny. God's called me, not you. And I said, I'm sure you probably, probably could. But he has this corporate mentality. They had a corporate mentality of, of kicking out the head. We don't do that in our families. So my, how, my, heart, <clears throat> my heart for House of Hope is that we have a family of people who have matured into healthy sons and daughters who then become fathers and mo- mothers. That's my heart for this place. How we do that, we're learning how to do that. We're still figuring that out. And I think we're going to continue to figure that out. But there are some things that we can do practically in the, in, in, in the, in the here and now that we're actually more family than we are corporate. They say on, a, on an average, one person who is leading an organization can have about 12 healthy people in their life that they're, that they're ministering to. <clears throat> that means I could pick 12 of you and the rest of you, sorry, 
And so I've, I've, heard, I've, I've had times where, like, my heart is, is actually, I have a group of people in my life that I pour into, that I spend time with, that I, I want to see, that I help. Does it mean that other people are, are um, excluded? No. It's just, Jesus had 12 men that he said, if you follow me, you're going to change the world. And then out of that 12, he had three, right? And then he had one. And so there's this, that's the model that I've chosen to do is that I have a group of people that I pour into that have more access to me. That's just the way I do it. It's your personal responsibility to develop that kind of mentality in your own life, to say, I have people in my life that I allow to speak into me to grow and that I I can speak into their life and they can speak into mine because that's what family is, right? So it's not our leadership's responsibility to create programs, but to establish a culture where growth happens. It's where I I can speak to people. I can say, hey, I don't see this. I don't see growth in your life right now. Is there something going on? And with all, with all, like with, with goodness, I'm not criticizing. I'm just like, what's happening? Cause I don't see, I don't see a lot of change, but then, the, but, it, but my heart is like, I will celebrate. Like there's some people, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's some people who, if, if, if the, if the growth isn't like this, there's no growth, but some people, and this is me. If there's that much growth, I'm like, yes. There's progress. So I'm the, I will celebrate the little. And I get upset when someone says, oh, there's, this, there's no change. I go, there is change. You need to look for it. So, all right. You look bored? I'm done. <laughs> You're not bored. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but that's my heart. I, I want to see I want to see us thriving as a family, and how that happens has got to be personal communication, personal connection, not personally you with me, but you with everybody. And I think practically, like we need to get out of our perspective that we just come to church on a Sunday, and if our needs aren't met on a Sunday, then we'll try again next Sunday, and then the rest of the week is like, well, I guess we're pretty much hopeless. Invite people, talk to people, text people. Hey, do you want to come for supper? Hey, it's Tuesday, and I was just thinking about you guys. What are you doing on Thursday? Come over for dinner. Or, hey, I'm coming for dinner. I do that to Rayanne. I said, hey, what's for dinner? And she's like, I don't know. We're having hot dogs. Great. I'll bring this, and we, we do it. Right? It's just, call Kathleen. Kathleen, what are we doing for dinner? Not as much. She says, what are you bringing? I said, I'm bringing Chinese food. Oh, here's a funny story. Funny story, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, we, Brian and Kathleen and I and Deanne and our families decided we were going to have Chinese food. And, and they were busy. They were working. And they said, well, you just order, and we'll, we'll, we'll pitch in. And we were really hungry. And so there was four of us plus, I don't know if the kids were there or not, Andrew came afterwards, so there's the four of us. Andrew came late, and Mikhail and, and Ella. And we came in with, I think it was four bags, four bags of Chinese food. And they're like, holy cow, how much did you guys order? I don't know, we were hungry. How much do we owe you? Ah, you know what, this was $120. 
<laughs> I was throw in whatever you would have put in. <laughs> so anyway, it was funny. We, I, we, it, yeah. Never order when you're really hungry. <laughs> yeah, leftovers for a week. Anyway, let's stand. <laughs> Father, our desire, I believe our desire corporately is for family is to do the things that you've called us to do in the context of family. And Father, I pray that this week even, that you would reveal to us areas of our heart that we still have a corporate mindset, where we still have the mindset of a restaurant where we're going in and saying, I need this, I need this, and if you don't give it to me, I'm going to be offended. Father, I pray that you would give us boldness to say, okay, hey, you know what, I to grab somebody and to say, you know what, I have this corporate mentality and I need it changed. Would you forgive me? Would you help me? Father, I pray that we would be all acting like sons and daughters connected to a father. And Lord, if there's any orphan mentalities going on in our lives, God, that you would reveal that and you would connect us to the father. You would connect us to each other and help us to to connect with each other during the week. And as we learn to develop family, as we learn to develop healthy family, that these things would just come into place, that we would actually would be a true representation of who you are to our city. Whether that's our heart. Amen? Cool. Awesome. You guys are amazing. Thank you for letting me ramble. And we'll see each other. We'll see... Come on out Wednesday night. It's fun. And we'll see you Wednesday night. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.